And we are with clinical psychologist Dr. Joelle Lowe, who's here to answer your mental health questions in our free clinic session. Good morning, Dr. Joelle. Hi, good morning. So let's get to our free clinic. We have a caller who wants to remain anonymous. What is your question? I know someone that says a bipolar disorder mode too, and he's also struggling with uh, depression and you know the panic attack. It's called anxiety, something like that. Doc. Uh, it's quite bad because you know every time you know the pain strikes, he tries to control himself because you know from like a good person, he can turn out to be a little bit rough after that. You know, mm. so when he the pain uh, is quite painful for him. So, Doc, the question here is how we can help him or her to go through his or her life normally. Sorry, can I just check, right? When you say pain, do you mean physical pain or is it like just emotional pain or what, what pain are you talking that, about? That person keeps telling me is about, you know, the nerve pain because, you know, when, when he tries to hold the pain, uh, when he's switching himself like from a good to a bad person, I don't know, maybe that's the situation looks like. You know? Oh, okay, okay. Um, I think um, what you can do, right? The first thing is to un- really understand what bipolar disorder is about, lah. So you said yeah. that your friend is uh, currently depressed, right? So that's actually yeah. part and parcel of the bipolar type two, lah. So bipolar type two, um, this person will change between being depressed and being manic, uh, hypomanic, sorry. So hypomanic is when they're high, they're feeling really good about themselves, everything is okay. And then after that, they will switch back to being depressed, which seems to be what your friend is going through right now. So I think the best way we can help um, uh, individuals with bipolar disorder, right, is to help them, uh, number one, be their alarm, right? By alarm, what I mean by that is that sometimes they don't realize that they're becoming depressed or hypomanic, right? They don't realize that they're switching, they're changing from one end to one end. But as friends from people on the outside, we can see it quite clearly. So the earlier they realize it, the earlier they, they notice it, right? That means the earlier they can do something about it, right? So if you notice okay. that your friend is starting to get really depressed or really down or really um, angry and stuff like that, like you said just now, let them know. Then after that, you can remind them to do whatever. Um, if they've been to therapy, for example, or they're taking medication, remind them to start yeah. doing that lah, in that sense, lah, right? So for example, okay. you can ask them to do some uh, mindfulness. You can ask them to do some relaxation exercises to help manage the anxiety and the depression as well. Lah, okay? Yeah. So that's the okay. first one. Second one, regarding the pain that you mentioned, that one is quite um, atypical. Lah. You don't usually see a lot of uh, physical pain or, or nerve pain when, when people have bipolar yeah. disorder, right? So that's something that yeah. concerns me a little bit. Um, I'm wondering whether it would be a good idea to go and see a doctor just in case. If it's more about like, let's say she, um, your friend is trying to just suppress it, I like, try to tahan, that's why it feels painful, right? So if those cases, you can ask them to look for um, relaxation exercises online. So if you go to okay. YouTube, for example, you type in progressive muscle relaxation. There are lots of good videos you can uh, download and watch, right? That help you manage the, your muscles and your ten- tension in your body and they will help uh, relieve some of that pain as well. La. So that's uh, some things that we can do, good, good things that we can do. La. Okay, okay, doc. Thank you so much, doc. All right, we received a text message and this is the question. Uh, my wife is going through chemotherapy. She has breast cancer. The diagnosis came out just after we got married last year and she had one breast removed. We are only 27 years old. At first, it was very hard to accept it, but now we are starting to accept it. But we are so fine with it that I'm afraid that we are bottling up our feelings. Is it normal for us to be this okay? 
Okay, that's a really good question, right? Grief is a interesting thing, lah, right? Grief is something that happens whenever something we lose something or something yeah. a massive change happens, lah, right? The thing about grief is that it's not linear, right? Everyone experiences grief differently, right? So, mm. for example, if there's a death in the family, let's say a dad passes away, right? Every single family member in the in the family will react differently to that death, right? Okay. So I think with this uh, uh with this person, right? When you said you asked the question, is it normal to be this okay? Yeah. Honestly, the answer might be yes, right? Because it's been a year and you guys had time to breathe, grieve and process and all that kind of things. And also, I think one big advantage to you guys is you're both you're t- both twenty seven, so yeah. you're relatively young. You're you're so busy with friends and work and careers and things like that. I think that's a very natural balm to help soothe uh, the loss of something like this, lah, mm-hmm. right? And also, I think with um uh breast cancer nowadays, I think there's a lot of good treatments and things, so that it's actually a pretty good uh, recovery rates and stuff like that, right? I think all of that combined means that you know if you were to tell me that you guys were okay, I think it's sh- it it's not an issue, right? That being said, I do wonder why you're asking that question. Is mm. it because you just want to be careful, or is it because you have some inkling of something going on, or are you worried for your wife? And if that's the case, then I think it's good to have that conversation, just to sit down together over dinner one day, for example, and say, "Hey, you know what? It's been a year. This happened to us. It's quite massive." How are you doing, right? And just check in on each other and see how that works out, lah. Because mm. you might be okay. Maybe your wife is struggling, yeah. or maybe you're not okay about it, and you you don't know whether you've got permission to not be okay if my wife's not okay mm-hmm. about it, right? So having a conversation and battling that or or, or attacking that head first with uh, as a couple, I think we really useful, lah, in that sense, lah. Do people who have gone through these kinds of illnesses, mm. like cancers and whatnot, do they normally fall into depression? No, no. Um, there are some people who completely bounce back. Like like a week after, right? That kind of thing, right? Okay. And I think that speaks to the 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 spectrum of people out there, like the amount of resiliency, the positivity that people have. You know, some people they chip a nail and then they're depressed for the whole day, for example, right? Some people have cancer, they lose a limb and they're bouncing off the hospital bed as soon as they can, right? Mm-hmm. You you can't say that you know someone has cancer, a, a chronic illness, then they're going to be depressed. It, it's hard to predict, like, You know, it's a lot of variation to it. Like. All right, this next question is from our DG Lightline. It's from. Nobody. Um, hi, doctor. What is your opinion about long hour tuition and after school classes and its impact to a child's development? I think Asians' obsession with tuition really can impact children's mental health. What yeah. do you think, doctor? I think that's by and large quite true, right? I think as children are children, they should be allowed to play and develop socially, you know, through fun and games and things like that, right? Now, am I saying that tuition is not important? No, but I think it's got to be a balance, lah, right? I mean, the seven days in a week. If the child is going for tuition seven days a week, we know it's excessive, mm. right? Um, I think tuition is supposed to supplement education. So if they are going through a tough time, let's say like math or BM or whatever it is, then yeah, sure, go for tuition for that. But I don't think it's necessary to go for tuition for every single subject that the student is going through. If they're not struggling, then why should you, right? Um, children should be allowed to play. I think there's a lot of good things that children learn from play, like socializing, maybe being able to take turns, even losing, for example, right? We're developing a culture a lot of times where people cannot lose, right? Mm. And then when they ultimately grow up and they start losing, they just buckle. They just don't know how to handle that kind of situation, right? So going, letting them play, letting them just have fun is going to be really important for them. Good mental health growth. Lah. So when they go for tuition all the time, mm. what? Are they stressed? Are they what? What goes through a kid's mind? I I don't. So it depends on child to child, right? So maybe they're not stressed, but they're definitely not having fun, and because of that, a big part of development is stunted, lah, so to speak, lah, right? So I think it's it really depends. Some people are stressed out by it because I just have to look at my teacher, especially if it's a bad student or not so good student, right? Then I go to tuition, I see a, a, the teacher, and I have to study all the time. I have to perform all the time. That's very stressful. Other people, it's just like yeah, whatever, like just like another day that I go. It's like school, lah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah, right. 
um, and they don't they don't drive any enjoyment out of it, lah, right? Um, so that's that's another issue as well, lah. So it will actually stunt their growth. Not stunt as in physical growth, but emotionally, definitely. Because when you're in tuition, you can't technically speak to people, right? You can't interact with people and stuff like that. So that part of their ability to interact with people is going to be stunted, lah, definitely, lah. All right, we have another message on our DG Lightline from Anonymous. Uh, this is pertaining our superior. He's male, late 40s, and most of us suspect that he has bipolar or just some minor mental health. He often switch moods. One moment, he could be giving instructions to us in his room and a few minutes later, snap at his PA, who just happens to enter the room to place a very important document. Wow. And uh, he stressed his PA out so much that his PA is now on long-term medical leave Due to a heart attack. Oh my! Wow. Now, during crisis over a certain issue, there would be no room for discussion as he would repeatedly stop people from talking back and say, "Stop talking! Who's the boss?" And uh, ten minutes later, nonchalantly ask, "Hey, where's lunch?" Are <laughs> uh, these behaviors normal? Uh, it may sound like a non-issue, but his behaviors causing us a lot of confusion. So we avoid him at all costs. So they're not actually worried about his mental uh, standing, but about theirs are, actually. Right? Yeah, I mean, they have to work with him <laughs> yeah. every day and he is their superior. Right. So right. what's the solution to this, doctor? I don't think it's bipolar disorder. Um, I think with bipolar disorder, the switches happen much longer. Like we're talking about weeks and months rather than minutes, <laughs> right? Um, and typically with bipolar disorder as well, it's moods of elation and high and also depression, not anger and thrown in. Well, not typically anger, but sometimes it most likely is depression, right? I think what's happening here is more likely that your boss has certain personality traits lah, that make it quite difficult for him to interact with people or at least other people for to enjoy him in that sense, right? So him snapping, him saying, stopping people from speaking and saying, oh, who's the boss, right? I think that's indicative of someone who has a very strong ego, very... Um, Dare I say it? Um, very uh, narcissistic. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not a disorder or anything like that, but I think he's got some traits like that, lah, right? Uh, I'm the boss. Listen to me. You know, it's my way or the highway. Even with the lunch question, or so it's the way that he switches sounds a lot like he's trying to. Um, when I'm in a good mood, you be friends with me. That kind of thing, right? right. Or when it, when it's come. So when whenever it suits me. Yeah, yeah. So it's very oh. self-centric, very um, egocentric, like in that sense, lah, right? So I don't think it's a disorder, but I think that's his personality style uh, to answer your question Bill, how do we deal with that that's a big question some people can take it like they're okay to deal with people like that and just like okay lah never mind lah some people can't and unfortunately with this kind of personality traits it's it, you can't change it there's nothing to change lah right better I think more effective or more practical is you change yourself just understand or accept that that's your boss if you want to keep working for him then that's something you need to deal with lah unfortunately lah even if you call him out on it also yeah, the chances of him changing is 50-50 we don't know and given how, what you've described so far he probably might not actually right so you know, we have to deal with it lah unfortunately but how can you call him out on it though? Like, yeah, exactly. do you yeah. do you go up and tell him, <laughs> boss? boss yeah, uh, yeah. You're you're a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe you, you should go get yourself checked out. <laughs> if you have HR, I guess you could report HR. But if he's the boss, boss, then yeah, you don't deal with it, lad. So unless you're the the wife or family, then maybe there's a better chance. But for a uh, subordinate, I doubt. Lad. I don't think so. Lad. I don't. So know. Wait, what? Go speak to his wife. <laughs> 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 that might be an idea. <laughs> hmm. Uh, let's say we feel like alone and then sometimes our we feel very boring alone and 
just like a bit anxious. I don't know what happened to us. Is it some, somebody uh, reached the age like 50, 55 or 60? Yeah, sometimes we feel alone at home. My wife is local and working and then mm-hmm. the children going to study. So uh-huh. I, I don't know what happened. Right. Um, can, can I ask, sir, um, did you, you said you're 55, 60, right? Did you, did, does that mean you just retired or are you still working? I, uh, I still working. Still working. And I still uh, do some freelance uh, part-time job and also okay. uh, I just uh, 50, you need reach 50. Okay. Okay, so that means you've got a lot more free time now, is that right? Ah, yes, correct. Ah, okay, um, okay. So I think there are a few things that are happening. La. So uh, I, I don't think it's a uh, it's a disorder or anything like that, right? So it's actually quite normal. Like, for example, if you've been working all your life, right, and then suddenly you stop working like full-time ah, yes, and you're working. Like, so I think it's, it's quite normal. La. I think with the MCO, given all the life changes that's going on with your salary and things like that, right, it's normal for you to be a bit more anxious than usual, la. And because you are, because there's so many worries in your head, when you're idle, when nothing's happening, nothing going on, so you're at home, no one's at home, right? Then it's quite normal for your mind to wander to different topics, right? So then you focus on things that make you worried, like what's going to happen in the future, um, you know, can I afford my children's education, for example, and things like that. So that's actually quite normal, right? Um, but the good news is that there's some good ways to manage it, right? So um, one thing is to keep distracted. La. So that means you go and do things like, for example, you want to go to the old folks' home and help out. That's actually a really good idea. And even though you feel funny, you don't feel like going, I'm, I would encourage you to go and do it because the more you engage with activities, the better you will feel about it. Another thing that's really good for you to try and do is, have you tried any uh, mindfulness activities or, or meditation exercises or anything like that? I do some meditation about ah. only 10, 5 to 10 minutes only. La. Yeah, that's good. So what I would encourage you to do that is every time you feel anxious right try and do it so that means it's an on-demand thing so that's a really good way to help calm your thoughts as well a lot of times with anxiety and worrying what you're what you're experiencing right now right it happens because your mind is wandering to the future what's going to happen and all the kind of things right so when you do those mindfulness meditation exercises it will ground you it will keep you here at this moment right now and the more you are here right now the calmer you will feel about it right so, oh, uh, correct. So, good news is that nothing, nothing. There's not clinical or anything like that. It's just something you need to learn how to manage, lah. That's all, la, Which is a good it, thing, lah. Okay, thank you, doctor.